0: Hello and welcome to Bingeworthy, the podcast dedicated to telling you which of the streaming series that are being thrown at you each week and month are worth your time and attention. I'm your guest host for this episode, Joe Scott, and I'm here to tell you about a show I loved way more than I thought I would, the six part Showtime limited series, George and Tammy. And I was actually very fortunate to have a chat with the series director, John Hillcote, which you'll hear in just a minute. Following the lives of country music legends George Jones and Tammy Wynette, as played respectively by actors Michael Shannon and Jaska Chastain, the series might seem at first chock full of tropes that have been exhausted by many rock and pop music biopics released in the past few years. And yet George and Tammy succeeds due to three reasons. The first is the phenomenal acting by stars shannon and chastain as well as a deep bench of supporting players including steve zan tim blake nelson eastbound and downs katie mixon and the god level character actor walton goggins among many others the second is the story equal parts star lovers and love cross stars George Jones and Tammy Wynette shared an admiration for each other that was as profound as it was doomed, that would last the rest of their lives, even if they were only married for six years. The final reason that George and Tammy works is that all six one-hour episodes of the series were directed by one filmmaker, our guest today, John Hillcoat, whose 2005 film The Proposition still stands out as one of the greatest westerns of the 2000s. Hillcoat would go on to direct an adaptation of the Cormac McCarthy novel The Road, which was released in 2009, followed by the Tom Hardy and Jessica Chastain Appalachian crime drama Lawless, which came out in 2012. I had the chance to speak with Hillcote, who was gracious to talk about his work on George and Tammy. We talked about what it was like as a filmmaker to shift gears from feature films to directing an entire TV miniseries as well as reports that he might be helming an adaptation of another Cormac McCarthy novel, which just so happens to be one of the greatest movies never made. But before we jump into my interview with John Hillcote, I've got to tell you that Bingeworthy is part of the Playlist Podcast Network, which includes the Playlist Podcast, The Discourse, The Rogue Ones, Yellowstoners, Deep Focus, The Fourth Wall, and more. We can also be heard on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else you find your favorite shows. So please follow, like, or subscribe, and throw us a rating on any of these platforms as well. We would greatly appreciate it. And don't forget to just head on over to our main website, which is theplaylist.net, for film and TV news, analysis, interviews, reviews, and more. It's a great website. Check it out. And as a reminder, all six episodes of George and Tammy are now streaming on Showtime Anytime and Paramount Plus with Showtime. Now to play us off for our interview, here's a clip of Michael Shannon, who just like his co-star Jessica Chastain, performs all of his songs in the series. Here he is performing the George Jones hit, He Stopped Loving Her Today. I went to see him just today. I didn't see no tears All dressed up to go
1: away First time I'd seen him smile in years He stopped loving her today
0: John Hillcote, welcome to the show. I am glad to have you. Uh, thank you. Likewise. Yeah. So let's jump into it. You know, George Jones and Tammy Wynette were never among the legendary country stars who went through a period of mainstream rediscovery like Johnny Cash or Dolly Parton did in our current millennium. And I guess it was really interesting that you made this show because I just wanted to know what made you so interested in telling these artists stories in particular.
1: Um, well, uh, and good point about the others. I mean, I I uh, I was very blessed growing up with a, a very close relationship with music in my life. You know, I I um, was my parents introduced dragged us all along to all these incredible concerts and raised on different genres. So I grew up in, you know, uh, both America and Canada and and Australia and. and I listened to these voices and these iconic um, artists, and they, and then I was very blessed to um, actually be able to work with a lot of them in in time and um, through music videos, and and that's a separate thing. So um, so usually with music biogs, I, I much prefer documentaries. Um, mm-hmm. But it, what really stood out was I didn't really I knew. Tammy and George, of course, musically, and their voices, but I didn't know the actual real story behind them. And, um, and it was really this incredible love story that I think even yeah. transcended the the sort of um, music biog story. And I think, uh, of course, the the music was part and parcel and their voices shaped their entire lives, and the songs uh were an expression of emotionally what they were going through at the time but it was that i didn't know that story it's for me it's a great love story that's timeless really you know that it's that fated lovers you know that there's a the classic tragedy of ill timing and and uh that the kind of desperation, we all know that they were meant for each other and we all wish that they had somehow, you know, aligned. I made a mistake as I was watching the series. I pulled
0: up the Wikipedia page on George Jones and then found out very tragically that these two people don't stay together forever because you do such a great job of just making this love feel so powerful and strong and all consuming and you know it almost plays out like a romantic comedy in reverse where these two characters start out in this deep intense and i guess ultimately unsustainable love only for it to fall out due to personal or professional complications and you know it's your most romantic of all of your narrative projects and i guess are you interested in exploring this theme of romance again maybe perhaps with a
1: happier ending yeah, although I would argue the greatest love stories tend to have, uh, uh, you know, an element of I'm, like country. The greatest country songs are all about the woes <laughs> of, of great love, you know, from Romeo and Juliet all the way through, all even ancient times. You know that that's something. Um, but I, it's not really for me. It's not about the outcome really it's more that journey that's the key and and what you know as i say what was so special here was that we that there really was no better uh match for them um and no closer relationship no deeper love in their lives and and yet there's also what we haven't mentioned here is the illness you know they both suffered illness and their yeah. illness was um something that's very taboo still especially in this country it's uh which is addiction you know that addiction is an illness and um and and actually George was more the old school alcoholic and then cocaine because of the times of the 70s came into it whereas Tammy was really uh, uh one of the early victims of the opioid crisis yes so um but I say that because both music and addiction um were the key kind of pillars if you like that shaped their their lives but underneath it all was this incredible love as I say and and I'd be open to a happy ending if mm-hmm. um you know or a bit of sweet ending um I'm open to um uh yeah but I I do think I am with you know, my, my favorite songs. I think there's mm-hmm. they call it De Wende, and uh there's a sadness or melancholy that's integral to love as part of that journey that's hard to ignore.
0: Every time George Jones was about to fuck everything up, I would hit the pause button because I just wanted to fight and maintain the love that these two people had for each other. It was an yeah. interactive war, if you will, between the fate and and just my own desire, but um, a lot of narrative projects that were once made as sort of low or medium budgeted films are now being adapted as limited series for cable or streaming or other platforms. And I guess as a filmmaker who has made quite a few medium budgeted films uh, in his past, how would you characterize that recalibration or shift from making a film to making a mini series? And was it always a thing where you wanted to direct every episode or maybe hand it off a few episodes like uh, other filmmakers have done?
1: Well, it it, it was put to me um, as uh, there was the desire from both Jessica and um, Michael that they wanted um, one director th- for the whole thing. So I imagine it's exhausting though. Oh, it was, yeah, it was very exhausting, very challenging. We had, six production uh, sorry six dps uh six different dps four different production designers um also you know the the idea of bringing in cinematic language to really tell character emotional stories is is uh, you know with tv there's a different approach it's all about dialogue it's all about um Uh, Other things in in a way that, you know, the layers of the deep layers that cinema language adds and enriches is a new phenomenon for TV people to get used to. And I think that's hopefully that's going to also change because there is this push for these streaming shows or miniseries to emulate movies or cinema. Um, but, um, I think that's the struggle that's got to, uh, that hopefully will, you know, embrace cinematic language more as we move forward. Yeah. So George Jones, he's played,
0: I would say, brilliantly by Michael Shannon, an actor I've loved since I first saw him in shotgun stories, uh, one of his uh, early big breakout roles. And I guess- what was it like for you on set to to help and maybe even just witness this talented performer craft, such a legendary, albeit highly complicated, conflicted character?
1: Oh, well, I've always wanted to work with Michael uh, for ages, a phenomenal actor. What was exciting was that this showed so many aspects uh, that we haven't seen before with Michael. Yeah. So it's always great to work with a, a great actor that is exploring other sides to themselves and and uh, aspects to a character that they haven't really, you know, um, uh, done before. So, so that was a, a really um, great aspect to all of this. You know, there was... Um, and and also the chemistry between Jessica and Michael was so special, you know, that they it really helped that they had this history together. Um and also to be surrounded by such amazing cast like you know, Steve Zahn and Walt Goggins and yes. Kelly McCormack and uh David uh Wilson Barnes and so it's it we were um so really that intimate I mean the key was getting that intimacy and and trying to tap into always that uh or trying to get to the authentic emotion which an actor I mean what what's great about George and Tammy is also they're so different you know Tammy was actually a fan a, a groupie that wanted originally that wanted fame more than anything which was the opposite of George. He just wanted to be uh, pulling gas every day, you know, and, and avoid, you know, um uh, avoid the spotlight. And and then seeing these two people um, you know, actually arrive together and click and and then all their issues, it it's uh it was just that character dynamic of getting into the weeds of such rich stuff. Uh, story and character that made it so special with Michael. Um and you know, he is fearless. He is um you know he was of course terrified about the the voice, uh the singing voice, as was Jessica. You know, that was but, you know, uh they really put in incredible work. Like they they spent seven months doing pre-records. Wow. You know uh you know to have that amount of prep and really put in that amount of de- dedication very yeah, it's very special um yeah it was amazing
0: that they they did their own singing and i think they both did a fantastic job with that um so you know you brought up walton goggins and i would say ever since ned Beatty left us in 2021 walton has Basically become the best Southern character actor alive on the planet Earth, hands down. And uh, I think he's made the bulk of his career playing sort of these wildly manic or off-the-wall characters. And and what makes your movie or your project interesting is that he gets to play George's friend in the film who uh, is not an outlaw or a criminal or mentally unstable. And I guess was this a welcome change of pace for him to to play like a healthy –
1: functioning human adult person well hang on i would say um but initially he was um i mean they both shared actually what is a serious illness addiction Um, yes they were both uh really out of control with the alcohol so i think um there was an element to peanut that was um you know that they shared um and they were enabling each other for a long time, and it was actually then he 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 found God and and went a different route, um, and so that was quite a turning point for him as a character. But um, I mean, oh, I totally agree. He's he's like just such a superb um, actor, and I also miss those uh, people like him on screen that yeah. are just pure. Character like the and and the way you know what, uh, we often forget but the the golden years of hollywood the biggest stars in the world were like that they were just pure character and and it's just a joy to see that um and i think uh he's a big music lover he loved this world um you know i i uh, had only wished that there was more space given to To all these, you know, different characters um, surrounding that were so close to George and Tammy as well that shaped were integral to how they shaped each other's lives.
0: I I adore Goggins, but uh, another collaborator on this project was Georgette Jones, the one and only child of George Jones and Tammy Wynette. And I guess, how did you, as a storyteller, sort of negotiate? and balance the lives of her parents as they were known publicly versus the way she might have known them as a child. Because I think children know their parents differently than the world knows those people
1: always. Well, we we were, I think we were extra blessed with Georgette in the sense that she had arrived at a deep understanding of the illness of addiction. And she realized it was very important to actually uh, face those hard you know ugly aspects to to um to uh, you know these uh, these two iconic uh, stars you know that it must have it, it was very difficult for her to have not just one iconic i mean we know of children where there's a father or a mother that is this iconic legend and they're in the shadow of but she had it from both sides <laughs> and yeah. she also had the incredible uh, tumultuous um, fireworks go on throughout her life so she really grew to an un- a, a, a real understanding and appreciation of that struggle and what that struggle uh meant to you know to be authentic to it and and to not cover up and band-aids so she was very respectful of you know delving into those other sides you know which normally you know especially with iconic characters like that the uh the in-laws and spouses and family can influence and and hold back yeah a lot of uh critical you know aspects of that. So she was phenomenal. It also like the real peanut peanut was there, <laughs> Charlene and having them and Georgette around was immensely helpful for the cast, you know, let alone the whole set and, and um storytelling. So we we're very fortunate. I'm going to jump into a bit of a spoiler here. Uh, for those who haven't watched the
0: entire series, but I want to talk about what I think is the most powerful scene in your story. It's it's in the final episode. You have George and Tammy at the end of their careers and, and long after the end of their doomed romance performing with each other on stage. And every time George looks at Tammy, you abruptly cut to footage of her when she was young and they were still together and in love. It And it was so emotional and it made me cry. I started to weep a little bit. But I guess where did the idea come to stage that sequence in that way?
1: Well, the whole uh, challenge of this show was like the number of music tracks and how to, you know, how to track those and how to make them each have their own identity and their own emotional meaning in terms of where the characters were at and that emotional journey. So in this case, we knew that, you know, the the to the part of the tragic of this yes. love story was that finally when George got his act together, Tammy was so so lost in opioid um addiction and and also being manipulated by a very insidious force by George Ritchie, uh, the great Steve Zahn, mm-hmm. um, who um, played by the great Steve Zahn. Um, so she was, it was the frustration of George uh, losing Tammy because he always fought to win her back at, at, at whatever stage he was at, whether he was blind, drunk, and on his knees begging. He would always come back to her, and he never gave up. So we, so to because of that space and time, we we you know it was scripted, and we always discussed the idea of this turning point when they reunite, and and of course for George, now that he is sober, now that he has got his life together, semi together, um, in comparison to where she is so tragically lost that it's um it's those memories you know that haunt yeah. him the most and so much of i mean we are we are made of our own memories and interestingly enough also our memories are morph and are affected by other people and are also um uh you know either heightened or romanticized or fictionalized even so memory is a very interesting aspect and so many country songs are about her thumb memory his memory or her memory there's a because it's a sense of loss right the the memories are in the past you'll never get them back um and that's all he's trying to do um so, so it's innately part of the the great country songs um as well I wanted to end by talking about a potential
0: future project, which most likely will not be a musical. Um, multiple sources have reported that you were attached to adapt uh, the Cormac McCarthy novel Blood Meridian, which sort of stands out as one of the great unmade movies of all time and something other filmmakers have attempted to produce in the past. And I guess. What inspired you to take a run at the story after so many people have tapped out? And and was it masochism?
1: Uh, definitely a part of that. There was definitely an obsessive part where I um, had tried to even get the rights to the book way back before making the proposition. And there uh, were, I think, at that point with Ridley Scott and who was I to <laughs> try to uh, get hold of this stuff but it first the book always struck a chord to me uh there's something about uh the frontier all frontiers are so bloody and messy and and i i uh have always it's that um struggle of of an um of the frontier that has always interested me about history and i've only found recent so two things remarkably happened is that um Cormac I, I it drove me to make the proposition i looked in my own backyard so i thought well if i can't do a story about america's frontier and its primal sort of stro- struggle um in a very sort of um uh unsentimental unflinching way um i wanted to then look at Australia's history and Australia's frontier and Australia actually started the first western was the first feature film was the the true story of the Kelly gang which was a a western um but um I then weirdly found out so Cormac saw the proposition and really struck a chord with him which led me to the road um so he gave me the road before it was even published um And then I, uh, we, uh, he's become a dear, dear, close friend. And over the years we discussed he had lost control of Blood Meridian and it was our mutual task to get it back because he knew how to crack it. Um, A lot of people have tried and without his input, I wouldn't, you know, it was really being, having the, the space to, discuss it over a decade or more actually I think it's 15 years we've been discussing it um that allowed it to um come forth and and I wouldn't let go and the last strange thing about this is I've only recently found that my own heritage my own family there's a story of the hill Coast there's a bunch of uh, Hillcoats in Texas that crossed over into Mexico, similar period, mm-hmm. similar setting, were involved in um, shootouts. They were actually massacred. There, there was um, kidnappings and uh, um, altercations with um, very famous um, uh, bandits. And uh, so we actually, I didn't even realize my ancestors share this in. This incredible history, um, which I had discovered making the proposition in Australia, but I never connected. So, in a way, long story short, in a weird way, I'm channeling my (laughs) ancestors here. And um, but uh, also to honor Cormac, um, uh, who is so brilliant because as you can see, his writing is so cinematic. And yes, you'll never, poetry. You know, as he said with The Road, a book is a book and a film is a film. He understands they're two different mediums. But, you know, the best you can do is capture the spirit of of uh, each. Are you saying
0: that he'll be uh, a very active collaborator in this project?
1: Yes. Yeah. He he started an adaptation himself. We've talked about, you know, um, of, Uh, how to how to crack it really because it is a very ambitious book to crack as you um yeah you can imagine so he's also a producer his son john who is uh who Cormac wrote the road for and their conversations the two of them i've watched them grow up him grow up and uh he uh there's a very special relationship he's in the phenomenal kid and um so he and Cormac are our producers to help help honor and and protect this creative venture. Well, very
0: ambitious. It's very ambitious, and I wish you the best of luck on getting this made. All six episodes of Tammy and George are now available to watch on Showtime, Paramount Plus, and other streaming and VOD services. John, I just want to thank you again for talking with me and for crafting this beautiful story here in my home state of North Carolina. Thanks so much.
1: Thank you.